I'm Caroline. I'm Jason. Welcome to one more episode. In this episode, we talk about House of the Dragon, episode five. And we have a guest, Caroline's husband, Paul. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, one more episode. Welcome. We're here to talk about episode five of House of the Dragon. Episode five, and we have a guest. We do have a guest. We love to have guests on the podcast. We do. And we have a new guest tonight. Paul is joining the podcast for the first time. Hi, Paul. Hello, all. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) Oh, we're good. We're good. We're ready to talk about this episode. So Jason, we decided to finally have our significant others on the podcast, and Paul is my husband who's joining tonight. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) It only took you a year to invite me? (laughs) Almost. That's okay. Right? Almost. Yeah. Coming up on that anniversary. Right. And Cameron will be joining us next week, correct? Right. He doesn't know that yet, but... Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Cameron, if you're listening, which you're probably not, you'll be joining us next week. So we can't wait to talk to you, too. So we generally talk about psychological thrillers, murder and mystery series on the podcast. And Paul, because I know what you like to watch. I feel like you're more of a psychological thriller, actually kind of horror series person if you had to choose some of your favorites do you agree with that yeah i mean i like i like a lot of different stuff like but i do like a fair share of uh darker kind of like horror i kind of like comedy mixed into that kind of stuff too um i would say i'm not i wouldn't i normally don't go as dark as you (laughs) you like the (laughs) the crazy stuff like um but but yeah i mean i like a good psychological thriller and i I do some horror like just straight up horror but i think you do way more than i do (laughs) well is there anything that you have watched recently or that you're looking forward to watching that's coming out soon that you want to share on the podcast uh i've watched i've watched a lot of tv here lately um I just binged Cobra Kai, the latest season, which, mm-hmm. you know, I it to me, it's amazing. It's like so nostalgic and it's like, it's so over the top, but I don't know. I just keep watching it. I can't get enough of it. Johnny Lawrence's character is just great. <laughs> so kind of looking forward to if they have another season of that, but I just binged that um, this past week and, uh, well, as you know, we started watching Arrested Development for the first time. We did for the start. first time. What? Yeah, yeah. And that was a. That's a great show. That's a great show. Yeah, yeah. We're yep. really liking and laughing at that one. So I'm glad we finally started that one with some prodding from some neighborhood friends. Yep. I don't know why it took us so long. Like, <laughs> I guess had I known how good it was, I totally would have watched it. The other things I've watched, um, I finished the Sandman series on um, Amazon, and I really liked it. I actually listened to the Audible version of the, it's kind of like a graphic novel series, 
um, by Neil Gaiman. And the Audible version was pretty good. It's just audio. It, they had like a full cast and stuff. Um, and I liked it, but I really enjoyed the TV series, just how it was shot, like the special effects. And um, yeah, it was a, it was a good show. It, I'm, I'm not a huge comic book fan. I don't really get into that stuff that much, but this one, it didn't feel so like superhero-y where they're wearing like tight suits and that kind of stuff. It's, it's a little more laid back and uh, I really enjoyed that. And um, outside of the house of dragons, the only other thing I've kind of started is um, the rings of power, the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon and just kind of just starting to get into that. Um, I like it, but I, I I haven't been getting into it as much as like when the Lord of the Rings movies actually came out. And I kind of blame like Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon and stuff because it just seems it just seems like way darker. There's more debauchery <laughs> and like so when you when you watch um, the Rings of Power uh, or even The Hobbit, like it's it feels more like family friendly or something, which which is still good. But it's it's just doesn't quite have the same feeling. So we talked about that on the last podcast. Jason had mentioned that you're watching the Rings of Power as well, and you made a joke about the comparison between House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power. And you talked about a meme that you found. Right. It was something like uh, someone forgot how. Um, Lord of the Rings is, is more um, mellow than Game of Thrones. And uh, um, it said um, in Game of Thrones, uh, introducing Lord um, Woman Eater or something like that. And then um, uh, Lord of the Rings is, um, hey, I'm going to sing a song about potatoes and find my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's about right. <laughs> Well, Jason, is there anything that you've watched recently that you want to talk about? I haven't been watching a lot recently because I've been concerting, concerting for days on end. <laughs> um, so, but there is a new one coming out with Hilary Swank. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it, but it's Fatal. Um, and she plays a detective. And um, I don't know what network it's going to be on, but um, it looks really good. What's the name of it again? Fatal. Hmm. I have actually not seen anything about that one. If I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell this word? F-A-T-A-L-E. Is that like femme fatale? Yeah, like femme fatale. Yeah, fatale. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how great we are with words on this podcast? <laughs> Simon. <laughs> that sounds like something we would really enjoy. Yeah, I need to look up and see what network it is. Do you know when the series starts? Uh, early October. Oh, so right around the corner. Yeah. We both watched a series with Hilary Swank a few years ago where she goes into space. Oh, yeah. And we, we both really liked it, but it was canceled. And it got canceled. After, yeah, it was a great series. So I'm glad that she's coming back to another series. I'll definitely watch that one. 
And it kind of reminds me when um, she was a detective in um, speaking of psychological thrillers, it had Robin Williams in it, right? Was she in that? I'm not sure. Or am I putting, am I switching her with um, Al Pacino? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> she was in more of a psychological thriller where there was, I just remember her being like trapped in an apartment and like an ex-boyfriend or somebody was like stalking her and she, it was like, she thought she was crazy. I do remember her being in that type of thriller, but I don't remember a Robin Williams type thriller with her. Mm. Yeah, I'm probably There's... wrong. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of talk about Hillary Swank being in uh, the next season of Cobra Kai. She oh, was, yes. she was in one of the Karate Kid movies, like, yeah, she, after the the first couple, she was the female so. Karate Kid, yeah, that's what yep. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. So they figure she'll come, she'll be coming in probably in the next season. Well, I'm really looking forward to a series coming out called The Midnight Club by Mike Flanagan. I think we're all fans of Mike Flan- Flanagan, he did Dr. Sleep. Midnight Mass, which we said we were going to talk about on a podcast episode, but we never have, and The Haunting of Hill House. It starts on October 7th, and it's about a group of terminally ill teens who gather at midnight to tell stories, and they agree that whoever dies first will send a sign from the grave. So I'm really looking forward to that one. So is this on Netflix as well, like all of his other shows? Yes, it is on Netflix. I thought we did a podcast on Midnight Mass, did we not? Or was I lit? <laughs> <laughs> we did not do one on mm. Midnight Mass. We talked about it and we really wanted to. And then it didn't happen. I must have dreamed about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just read an article about Mike Flanagan, like we, uh, Caroline and I saw The Shining the other day at the movie theater. Um, and so I guess because we went and saw it, it started showing up in my Google News and everything. Um, but there was an article about, like, I guess he did Dr. Sleep. And they were originally going to come out with a sequel to The Shining too that he was going to do. But apparently Dr. Sleep didn't do that well at the movies. Like, I, I thought it did, but because it didn't, then they kind of scrapped the, the sequel. I really liked it. I did, I did too. too. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Yep. It's really difficult to do a sequel to a movie like The Shining. He kept really close to the book, Dr. Sleep. I don't know if you all read that by Stephen King, nope. um, which was a really good book as well. I thought I really enjoyed that one too. So yeah, anything that comes that he puts out there and it's always usually around Halloween too, which I think in October you just kind of get in the mood for horror films or series that come out. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So maybe this time we'll talk about the Midnight Club in a podcast episode. Yeah, maybe we can like combine like all of his shows and kind of talk about them. Yeah. Well, are you all ready to talk about 
episode five of House of the Dragon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What an episode this week. Right. Started out real dry, I think. And then it was wait, like, wait a second. You think it started out dry? I mean, I mean, we finally get to meet his yeah. wife, right? And then he kills her, but. <laughs> yes. The series opens up for me. We've been waiting for this the whole series. And I like right. took a breath in whenever I realized this was his wife. What did you think when you saw her? Is she what you were expecting? Not at all. Me neither. I was disappointed actually. I was like, who is this gal on this horse? This is not, I wanted a big dress with her ordering people around. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, very disappointing. Oh, uh, see, I, I loved her character. I thought, like, just how she acted towards him, the way like she talked to him and stuff, I just thought it was amazing because not really that many people have like talked to him like that before. She was just, she's just kind of a badass, I guess. And I wasn't expecting it though. We learned that her name is Rhea Royce. She, I agree with you both. She was not what I was expecting. I thought she was an attractive, strong, like independent character. And I will have to say, it kind of made me not like Damon so much. Yeah. I thought, really? Like, the, like, you can't deal with this strong female character. Like I thought this would be somebody that you could go toe to toe with and you would like so enjoy the banter back and forth and the chemistry with this woman. Right. I thought she'd be like a Cersei too. Actually, I thought for me, Damon kind of gave me Cersei vibes in this beginning scene. I was like, buddy, you're going to have to redeem yourself with me. Cause I was, you know, I was a real Damon fan before <laughs> this episode. And now, you know, I was a little disappointed in him of this is like who you have been trying to get away from. One thing I did like about the scene though, and um, this has happened before um, with uncle Damon or Damien. Um, <laughs> Damon. <laughs> He, uh, like, in the first scene, he doesn't talk. Like, he doesn't say anything. And if if you remember back to episode three, um, second of his name, he has that huge long scene where he's fighting the uh, crab feeder mm -hmm. and all of them. And if you notice, he does not say one word in that episode. Like, he just stays quiet the entire time. And, like, he was pretty epic in that episode, too. Um, so I, I kind of like the scenes where he doesn't even have to say anything. He's just kind of there. And you can kind of tell. Yeah, he doesn't have to say anything, but he uses his facial expressions a lot. He definitely has a look. Yeah. Damon can stand there with the head tilt and look up from his eyes and like says more than probably, you know, a character with a page of monologue or something. You just know. I mean, it's just such a vibe from him when he does that. Well, we didn't even talk about what he ends up doing in this first scene. Bashes her head in. Yeah. They didn't show it, though, but that was kind of, you know. I kind of like that. Did you not like that? No, I, I thought that was cool. Okay. Yeah, they we did. Get we get hamburger face later. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, and I liked how they did that where he was getting ready to hit her with the rock. And instead they show us someone cutting a fish's head off with right, like a huge knife. So I did like how they did that. I thought that was cool. Well, after this first scene, we see that the hand is leaving the kingdom. But before he does, he has a few words with the queen. He's still scheming, even though he's leaving, and is warning the queen about Rhaenyra and what will happen if she becomes queen. What did you all think of this scene? He's turning her into a shit stick, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, do you have any thoughts on it? (laughs) Uh... No, I um I didn't have the first time through I didn't have any too many thoughts on it. Just it was just kind of part of the story. But then after like watching it once and then going back and rewatching it, like it was a great setup for a later scene. Um when she makes an entrance later. So you can kind of see where that was where that was going. It's kinda like it set it up where she has to make the decision too because i think as the scene kind of ends like you can tell she's kind of there alone by herself and kind of has to make her decision um which you find out later what that decision is going to be so i I liked it i thought it was a good setup for later yeah i think too something i didn't realize when i watched it the first time was just how he talks about if rainira is queen there is going to be war because there will be so many people that will not accept that she is queen versus Aegon. And so it just kind of made me think about that scenario again and how, I guess I really hadn't thought about that as a reason for Rhaenyra not to be queen. Like I just never really thought about what may happen and how that would be something that politically people would be thinking about in power. She's like Hillary Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the king and Rhaenyra make their way to high tide. And we see that the king is sick. You know, I really thought in this episode, when this started, that he was going to die. What did you all think? I kept waiting for it. I was like, oh. Nope, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like there was this progression throughout the episode. They were setting right. us up to show us, you know, what was going to happen. They make it to high tide and the king makes his offer to Corliss and Rhaenys that Rhaenyra and their son, Sir Lenore, will marry to join their houses. And they talk about succession and how that all works which I thought was really fitting since the queen's funeral was today. I don't know if you all watched it. They, there was a lot of talk about titles and heirs to the throne and what it all means. And, you know, I think that these series like Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon, they do give, I feel like they give us some insight on birthright and like this whole heir to the throne thing, because we're just really not as familiar with that thing. So like the only way that I learned about it is through 
House of the Dragon and the Queen of England, right? Like Britain and like how their hierarchy or monarchy works. Yeah, I've seen so many documentaries on the monarchy that, yeah, I feel like I, I know a good bit about it. So does Cameron. You could probably next week on the show like ask him like really difficult questions about the monarchy and he's going to know like years and rules <laughs> right <laughs> yeah well i know that they've definitely lessened some things with the monarchy now where a female can take the throne if they're next in line which i love and it kind of brought up some questions for me that I wanted to ask you all. If you were in line to the throne, would you want to be next in line or would you want to be a sibling that there was no way that you would actually end up being king? Like, where would you want to fall in the line of succession? I think I'd, I think it'd be fun to be a sibling because you get all that attention and stuff and like not as much stress. <laughs> it could be fun. But I guess there's pros and cons. What about you, Jason? I'd have to pony up. Born later here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like my privacy too much to have to be on all the time and to just have that pressure that knowing that cameras were always watching or people are always taking your picture and always having to shake hands with people. I feel like you could never have a bad day out in public. True. And I'd probably have a hill fit, but it could be behind closed doors. They could let me scream. Right. Like, <laughs> like catch up, catch up, you know, those sorts of things. Right. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's something you like, it's hard to even imagine because you're not in that situation and it would be, yeah, it would be crazy. I don't think I could handle it. I don't think I'd want to. I'm too quiet. Mm -hmm. You are. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> well, in the meantime, in this episode, Rhaenyra and Sir Lenore come to an understanding that they will get married to each other. And they have an agreement that they'll perform their duties, but then they'll do as each sees fit. What did you all think of the agreement between these two, given their ages and where they are in their lives, that they came to this agreement and agreed that they would basically have their their way um, on the side with whomever they wanted <laughs> to do that with? I think it's kind of like a typical thing. You know what I mean? I mean... And just with marriage these days, anyway, shit, I was at the concert with people that were in open marriages and making out with people I knew, you know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, eh, whatever. <laughs> I think you maybe, I don't know the crowd that I hang with. I don't think anybody would be too cool with that, but, <laughs> but I do understand what you're saying. I mean, it's definitely more common now for people to have open marriages and it's not something that, you know, it, as long as there's an agreement between the 
two people. I think that's the thing, right? That there is an agreement and it's not someone is being taken advantage of or lied to, right? Like that's the whole thing with it. But I don't even think it's, I mean, it's more common to be open about it these days. I think it happened like in the fifties and things like that. People just didn't talk about it. You know what I mean? Like people had affairs, maybe some people knew about it, but it was like a gentleman's agreement. Like we just, we don't talk about it. Right. But was it what the wife wanted necessarily? I think that's the difference, right? I actually thought for their ages and for the time period that the series is set in that, you know, it was kind of like a pretty mature, like more modern type of thing for these two. I mean, they're late teenagers or early twenties to like be so mature about this decision that, Hey, we have to marry each other and we're going to do it even though we're not in love. Right. And this is what it is and we're okay with it. Am I the only one that like didn't catch on to the conversation at the very beginning? Like the whole roast, like I prefer roast duck thing. Like I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Like it took, (laughs) it took me. I think you are the only one who did not catch on to that. I'm like, why are they talking about roast duck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think, That was also part of it that we really didn't talk about is not only was it we're in love or we want to do what we want to do with other people, but he was gay, you know, you could say, right? Like he had a a male lover in the episode. I was waiting for the gay character. We got it. Did they have, I feel like they didn't have as many gay characters and relationships like that in Game of Thrones. It's all because they die early and you forget about it and it happened again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, on the way back to King's Landing, Kristen makes Rhaenyra an offer while they're on the ship. He says, let's run away together and have freedom and the lives that we want. And I'm thinking, oh, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Oh, Kristen, you just don't get it, do you? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we learn a lot about Rhaenyra and where she stands in this scene. She really is willing to give up lust or love, I would say, for the crown. And because she sees it as something much bigger and something she wants to be a part of. I think she even says she is the crown. Yeah. I mean, it's like trading a charcuterie board for like a bowl of oatmeal. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) you're not going to do that. (laughs) I think, I think part of uh, Kristen Cole's speech, like, like part of it, like, I think he really liked uh, Rhaenyra part of it too and he mentions it briefly like he broke his oath um when he slept with her or whatever and i think a lot of it is like him trying to redeem himself from that and mm-hmm. like stealing her away and like leaving i'm not sure how that does that <laughs> but um yeah i just thought it was kind of interesting that he kind of brings that up too so it it may not it may not be completely about her but him trying to redeem himself as well 
I felt the same way. At first I thought, oh, you're just so naive. And then whenever he talked about the oath he made and how he broke it, I think that has more to do with it than just running away with her as well. It was like that, that meant something to him and he broke that oath. And so that anger or like shame that he felt, I think it was, he was trying to redeem that and feel better. I almost thought you said he broke that oak as a funny to what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that if there is someone that's going to be on the throne, that you do want someone who would turn down an offer from like for love essentially, and to have freedom that wants to like be the crown and holds that up higher than a relationship with somebody. So I kind of thought, okay, Rhaenyra is all in when it comes to sitting on the throne. Right. Yeah. And this, I think kind of starts her character, like, I mean, becoming older and like you're learning kind of which direction she's going because she's always been kind of innocent and everything. And now we're starting to see what decisions she makes and mm -hmm. kind of where it's going to lead to. Well, we go back to the kingdom and the queen summons Kristen Cole. She is actually trying to get him to tell her about Rhaenyra and Damon. And Again, I'm thinking about Kristen Cole and his mindset because he admits that it wasn't Damon, it was him. Do you think that the queen knew about this beforehand? Or do you think this was a reveal for the queen? I think it was a reveal. I don't think she knew about it. Um, and you could kind of tell from her body language. And she just dismisses him too, so... Yeah, I don't think she knew. I, like that whole scene, I was like, it was not awkward. It, there was like a lot of tension. And like, it's like, all right, hurry up and say uh, Damon's name. Please say it. <laughs> Just say it. So, because you knew what was coming. <laughs> you knew he was going to admit to it. And uh, there was a lot of tension in that scene. But yeah, I don't think she really knew uh, what was about to happen. So, yeah, I agree. I felt from her body language. She looked as shocked as, I don't want to say we did because we knew, but she looked pretty shocked whenever he said that it was him. And then I felt like she didn't really know exactly what to do in that moment with the information. And I mean, I think she was really smart in this regard to kind of keep this as a little nugget of information that she has where it's, she can play it later when she needs to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I thought I could see the wheels turning in her head like, hmm, how am I going to use this later? Yeah. And you kind of find out towards the end. Yeah, I feel like this scene was the start of Alicent and her scheming to become a player in the Game of Thrones. You mean the House of the Dragons? House of the Dragon, but it really is a Game of Thrones, right? Oh, I mean, okay, it yeah. is about the throne. True. So. I feel like this is when she started to become a player in this. So the king continues to get sicker in this episode. We see him in the bathtub and it looks like his arm is covered in goo. 
Yeah, I was like, is this like his skin or is it wrapped? Like I couldn't really tell, but I just knew that he was sick and he started asking questions about if he was a good king. And I really thought he was going to die like very soon after this. Mm. Yeah, it was just time for the leeches, I guess. Yeah. But they didn't show him this time. No. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel I kind of feel bad for the king though cuz like he tries to do all these things and it just never works out. Like at the very beginning he had the tournament and you know, we know how that ended with his wife. And um and now well, we'll see what happens at the end of this. The uh the hunt that they went on, it ended up just kind of fizzling out. So he's not a winner, is that what you're saying? Yeah, but it's like, but he's not a huge loser. He's just kind of average, I guess. It's kind of like every day's a bad day for him. Like, <laughs> everything he touches kind of turns to poo. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I mean, they explain in the the scene that like he's kept the realm together, and there hasn't been like major war. So technically, like he's he's kind of doing his job. There's just nothing to. Well, as he put it, sing about when he's gone, I guess. So you kind of feel for the guy a little mm -hmm. bit. So nobody's going to sing like a potato song down <laughs> the street about him. <laughs> he's not a dynamic king. It doesn't seem like he's very strategic compared to some of the other people that we've seen in power that are always scheming or working behind the scenes to keep their power. He definitely doesn't have that feel or vibe that some of the other players in, I would say, Game of Thrones have had. I think that's because he's a good person too, because we talk about the relationship he has with his daughter and how he talks to her. Like he has an actual relationship versus some of the Game of Thrones characters that have like no relationship with their kids. So I think that might have something to do with it too. Right. Well, the festivities soon begin for the wedding of Rhaenyra and Sir <laughs> Lenore. There's a big hall. There's a big table. I was thinking, oh, is this a red wedding redo? What did you all think? exactly what i thought always a good time at weddings <laughs> in the game of thrones <laughs> yeah during some of these scenes it just reminded me that these weddings are always so much more than just a wedding they're always dangerous it's always about power and wealth really when someone in game of thrones gets married I mean, if this is a historical thing that happens all the time, wouldn't you try to avoid a wedding at like all costs? Like, <laughs> or have some sort of protection for an event like this? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point during the festivities, Damon enters the hall and they pull up a chair for him. He is still being super creepy with Rhaenyra giving these looks and smirks across the table. I am predicting now that something is still going to happen between Damon and Rhaenyra. What do you all think? 
Oh, I totally think it's going to happen. I can see it. I think it might, it might take a while because, you know, there's, they got a lot to get through, but maybe in the end, like something's going to happen. But I will say I'm starting to like him better. Like I, I didn't really like him in the beginning, but even though like, you know, <laughs> he killed his wife and this other stuff, like, I don't know, he's kind of growing on me. I think as, as some of the other characters aren't so high, well, I don't know if I want to say high and mighty, but like, I don't know. Like, he's just kind of starting to grow on me now. I'm kind of curious where his his character goes. I am Team Rainier all the way. Like, I, <laughs> I dig this chick. She is, yeah, she's my character. He and Rhaenyra have, I wouldn't even call it a conversation. They kind of go at it um, in this episode while they're dancing where you can tell there's a lot of chemistry still between them. And I am surprised that he didn't value his wife when it seems like Rhaenyra is this strong female as well. So I'm not a fan of Damon right now, given what he just did, but I'm sure that he will grow on me again because Matt Smith is just so good as Damon. The queen finally shows up in this episode. She has been MIA and she shows up in green. At first I was like, what is the significance of her wearing green? I didn't know at first, but once they kind of panned over to a couple people who were like discussing it, then it, it kind of made more sense. Um, I still didn't get like the complete significance of it, but I kind of start to understand what, what she was doing. But no, when she first walked in, I had no idea. It had to do with her family name, correct? And that she was telling everyone like who she was and the significance of being a high tower and standing up for her father. Isn't that what that meant? I was a little confused at, on this part. I thought it meant more of green, like the color green was their symbol for war. That It sounded like they would put it on their flags um, during wartime. So it was her way of saying she's chosen her side, the high tower side. Mm -hmm. And now, which indicates she's probably going to start pushing for her son to, to, be, to be the king. heir. Hmm, okay. Yep. All right. The dancing starts. Damon is still throwing looks at Rhaenyra. And the music also, the drumming starts getting louder and the music starts getting louder. And I felt like you could sense that there was anticipation building, that something bad is going to happen and go down at this wedding. So we see that Sir Lenore's lover confronts Kristen he just kind of figures it out watching him across the room, which I was like, really? Can you just figure that out that something went down between Kristen and Rhaenyra? If you're skeezing on the side, you can figure it out. <laughs> you can spot it. <laughs> and so he goes over to him and he confronts him about it. And they have a little war, war of words here about it and about secrets and 
the drums start beating louder and there was that, you know, sense of dread that something bad was going to happen. So all that you see as an audience is it seems like there's something that's happening in the middle of the room and there's a fight that starts. What did you all think was happening whenever this first started? When I first happened, you know, it was uh, Rhaenyra and um, Uncle Damon were, you know, kind of next to each other and he grabbed her head and almost like he was going to kiss her or something. So I kind of thought maybe um, Sir Kristen came in to stop that from happening, um, which is probably what they tried to make it look like to surprise you mm-hmm. towards the end. But that that was kind of my guess at first. Um, what about you, Jason? I just knew some bad stuff was going to happen. I didn't know what, but I, I did predict like they were going to fight the two of them. Did you think it was going to go as far as it did? No, not hamburger face. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was bad. Yeah. That was, that was bad. Well, I mean, she, she put him in a bad position though. I mean, she knew how he felt, how he felt about her. And then like he was, he had to like sit there and just watch all this go down. And then Sir Joffrey came over and talked to him and made a really bad assumption (laughs) that he was on board with everything. So I think it just kind of all boiled up and he couldn't take it anymore, which is not justification, but, you know, I can kind of see where he's coming from. See, I kind of felt like the rage that he had and while, you know, why he was beating his lover to death essentially was not really to do with that. It was, he had so much shame over what he did and he was so mad at himself. Not really that he lost Rainier. Like I thought it was more of a self-hatred. Like, where do you take that out on? And that rage just came out on this other person. I think you said Sir Joffrey, right? What's his name? Yeah. And it, it like, if, if I could ever be a game of Thrones character or a house of the dragons character, I do not want to be named Joffrey because it, <laughs> it just never, it never, it never goes ends well. well. <laughs> yeah. After that happens, I noticed that the music changed in the episode. I wanted to get your all thoughts on this. It reminded me of game of Thrones right before Arya kills the Night King in that episode. I don't know if you remember the music, but it was when it looked like everything was going to go bad for everyone and the White Walkers were going to, you know, kill everybody. And the score changed in the show and it was like this slow music. And there was this like sense of sadness or whatever. And then all of a sudden Arya killed the Night King. And they played music similar to that in this episode right after that happened. And then we see that now there's a shotgun wedding that's happening and it's Rhaenyra and um, Sir Lenore who are getting married. I mean, you can tell by the characters faces, like, I mean, this is not a happy moment for sure. (laughs) And like, just, I mean, uh, it was kind of gut wrenching to watch what was happening in the scene. I I think I knew um, 
I mean, we, we haven't talked about that, but um, I think the sad music was leading to the king's death there at the end. Mm-hmm. And he collapses. Right. Like right after the vow. So I did too. I thought, oh, okay, well, the music played and oh, this is, you know, what's happening. And then we see that Kristen is outside and he is getting ready to kill himself. I will have to say this was kind of a surprise. Here comes the queen and she stops him. Well, I knew he was going to kill himself. Like after he took everything off and was, uh, I kept saying during the episode, watching it with other people, I was like, he's going to kill himself. And everyone was like, no. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is just her way of building up um, her allies. And now I think uh, Sir Kristen is kind of like on her side because she knows how he how he feels about Rhaenyra. So this is just one more ally that she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely wonder if they are going to team up or if she is going to like take him in in some way as a lover or something. I don't know. I can just see that there's some kind of alliance that will be made between these two. For sure. Yeah, there's a reason he didn't kill himself. So, yeah, he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the episode ends. Did you all stay around and watch the preview for the next episode? I did not. Oh. <laughs> so in this next episode, the actresses change. It's time. It's time. I was really kind of disappointed because I really have liked these younger actresses, especially the actress that plays Rhaenyra. And the episode is set 10 years in the future. And guess who's still alive? Shocker. (laughs) Guess who's still alive? The king. (laughs) The king. Oh, my. (laughs) They tricked me. Yes, they tricked <laughs> us all. They also mentioned that Damon is gone, and it sounds like he hasn't been around for a long time. So I'm also really interested in does Damon come back in the next episode after being gone a while? Like, what's happening with Damon? Mm-hmm. Something else that you see in the preview it looks like there are children that have been born over this 10-year period, but we don't really know who these children are. I do think that there is a child with dark hair, and I'm wondering if this is Rainier's child that she ended up having, and it is Kristen's child because, you know, they all have blonde hair, and she, Mm. we know that it looks like she married Sir Lenore, who also has blonde hair. And so I'm kind of wondering, it sounds like maybe somebody is still asking questions about this child and why they look the way they do. I don't know. I just kind of uh, thought about that when I saw the preview. Which means she didn't drink the tea. Which means maybe she didn't drink the tea. (laughs) Wait. So I think the... Next episode will be different with these new actresses and the time frame and just to kind of 
gather where everything is. And I think there'll also be more characters with these children now that have been born and who they are. I think it'll be interesting. I think the the two, well, I, I was reading, there's like 11 new characters after this 10 year um, gap. Like they change out 11 different people, but they're going to have to, well, it's, it's house of the dragon, you know, game of Thrones, like everyone's going to love this show no matter what. I mean, except until we get to the end, but um, like, I think they're going to have to do a really good job because everyone's going to miss like the other characters because they were, they were just so good. Like it's going to be kind of sad. So I think this next episode, they've got to like, like however they're introduced, it's got to be in like a grand way. I feel like, cause they've got to get like people liking them right away mm-hmm. just so it doesn't take a, take away from the whole time gap mm-hmm. and everything. I'm looking forward to it. So any predictions for the next episode or the second half of House of the Dragon? I'm not even going to say the king's going to die because he's, <laughs> he's like been there, done that. Point. Yeah. He's been dying since what, episode one or two? I mean. Right. <laughs> I don't, I like, I, I think we're finally starting to get, like, we've known the char- a lot of these characters enough now where they're starting to get to, like, the main storyline and we're starting to see how everyone reacts with everyone and like it just like during the wedding, just how everybody was like looking around the room at everybody else. And like now how there's just all these like smaller storylines and stuff. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to see how, see how all of this turns out. But I, you know, I've never read the book, so I don't know how the season like is going to end. Is there actually going to be a war or, or what, but it's getting good. I'm really liking it. Well, and what we know from the preview is if the king's still alive, then Rhaenyra is not in power yet. So there hasn't been this event that could bring war to, you know, the kingdoms, right? right? So that hasn't happened yet. So maybe we could predict in the next few episodes, the king will die, right? Like, I feel like there has to be some kind of catalyst that's going to be the finale, I think, my prediction. The finale? Yeah. No, oh, that's a long time dies. to wait, though, don't you think? For like a. How many more episodes do we have? We have five more episodes. You think Sir Kristen's coming back? I don't remember seeing him in the preview. Like, like I can't believe the, the, the whole thing about him, um, you know, making the hamburger face thing. <laughs> um, like nothing like he just kind of walks off like everyone just accepted the fact that he did that and so like there really hasn't been any repercussions so i'm i don't know like i'm curious if at least maybe they took him out of the king's guard or or what he's doing oh i don't they're like "Eh." (laughs) but that yeah that happens in house of the dragon though right i mean people kill each other and i feel like then everyone just kind of looks and walks away I guess if his story is that he was protecting Rhaenyra from whatever was said, this, you know, Sir Joffrey said or something, mm-hmm. maybe there's an explanation if he is around in the next episode for what he did. Maybe the queen gives a reason for what he did or dismisses his actions. 
Yeah, I figure it's up to the queen. Like, she'll probably put in a good word for mm-hmm. him. I I agree with Paul. I think this is like the, the what's led us to like really opening up uh, the future since they are switching actors and actresses. Um, yeah, there's there's going to be like all kinds of stuff. I think that'll happen. I think they're gonna they're gonna bring back um i don't know the character's name but and he he only was in the show for like a few seconds but whenever um rhaenyra was like uh sitting in the chair trying to pick a husband like all those people were coming up saying why like there was there was one little kid that like talked about like why he or he should marry her and everything and then he ended up like getting in a fight after Mm -hmm. the after that and like killing the other guy like i just i feel like he was in that enough where he's going to come back and it's going to be 10 years now so he's probably going to be older and like i don't know like i feel like he's going to have a part in this somewhere down the line maybe but don't you think rainier is probably married to lenore valerian I would say yeah. that, and they probably yeah. have some kids. I think the queen and the king probably have more kids. There's probably a lot of kids like running around and. But you know, she's probably having an affair because that's what you do. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, and it makes me, well, they say Damon hasn't been around, but it makes me wonder, has Damon been around? Maybe, yes. um, I, you know, I, I who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the new characters and what's going on in the next episode. Well, we'd love to hear what you all think of House of the Dragon and episode five. Send us some questions at like one more episode at gmail.com or like us on Instagram. Yeah, so I, I was listening to your last podcast and you guys were talking about the dagger and you weren't sure exactly like how it showed up in uh, Game of Thrones and like whether uh, Danny was killed by it and stuff. So I I looked online and did a little bit of research and um, kind of figured out like where it ended up showing up. Um, they called it the cat's paw dagger because it first shows up um, early in the series uh, there's an assassin that tries to kill Bran and he's like sleeping in or he's in a bed with his wolf there and the assassin tries to kill him with that dagger. So that's kind of like the first place that it shows up. And, you know, after the assassin fails, um, Lady Caitlin Stark ends up getting the dagger and she holds on to it for a little while. And then it goes to Ned Stark, who uh, ends up dying. And at that point, um, Lord Baelish, Littlefingers, ends up reclaiming um reclaiming the dagger and you find out that he was the person who actually had the assassin uh go after brand so at the beginning of the series it was actually Littlefinger that that had it and they didn't really say how he got it or anything um but later Littlefinger's uh gives the dagger to brand not knowing that brand knew exactly what he did just because you know brand brand can see the history and everything through his third eye and so Bran then gives it to Arya, who uh, who ends up killing Littlefingers with it. 
um, when when they put him on trial, when Sansa and uh, Arya kind of put him on trial, mm-hmm. that's that's the dagger that is used to kill him. And then um, the next time you see it is when Arya kills the Night King with it. Okay, so she and, did kill the Night King with the dagger. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And she's she's the last one with it because you see her like sail off for her new adventures, and mm. um, like she has it, they show it like it's with her. So, so I figure you know if she meets up with Jon Snow and you know his sequel or whatever, mm. it'll probably show up again. Like I get to see it again. Yep, I didn't remember most of that. <laughs> I had to look up most of that. But. Yeah, so many details, but it's like you know that it means something or it's you know been around before, but you just aren't really can't really remember where it came from. But well, thanks for that info. I'm glad you decided yeah. to do some research for us and uh we forgot about it. Yeah, clear <laughs> lesson on the dagger. all right well we've really enjoyed you coming on the podcast paul and giving your insights about this latest episode yes thanks paul it was fun i enjoyed it so well we usually have our guests back for the finale episode of a series so if you're not too busy maybe i'll be able to find you if if you Wherever you're, I'll make some time. Yeah, okay, wherever you are, <laughs> but we'd love to have you back to talk about the finale of House of the Dragon. Coming soon. Co- yeah, coming soon. We're halfway there. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, all. Well, that's it for us for this week's episode, and we will see you all next week. See you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> This has been a Caroline Home Production.